Welcome to the Thriving Woman Project podcast, hosted by myself, Wendy Griffith. This is the podcast for women who want to level up and thrive in all areas of your life, health, and business. Join us as we cover a range of topics, all inspiring you to thrive and not just survive. We are here to work on the project of you because I believe the best gift you can give your family and the world is a healthy and thriving you. It's time to thrive. So hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thriving Woman Project podcast. And I am so excited to have the incredible Rachel Chan here with me today on episode 13 of season four to share more about her incredible story and entrepreneurial journey. So Rachel and I have known each other for many years. And I mean, I'm such a fangirl, honestly, like just she's the type of person that you you follow online and you just think, I want to be her bestie. And I'm so grateful to call her a friend. And together we have both grown businesses in the wellness space. And I'm just constantly being inspired by Rachel and even more so because she's actually so much younger than you would think. She's so wise beyond her years, but I'm going to let her say hi and we're going to get stuck into her incredible story today. So hi, Rach. Hi. Hi, everyone. Happy to hear, be here. And thank you so much, Wendy, for that amazing introduction. <laughs> oh, so deserved, sweetheart. And just just tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are, your background, and just really sort of how you've come, you know, to be here today. Yep, perfect. So, yeah, for those of you that I have yet to meet, so my entrepreneurial journey started 11 years ago. I was a baby at the time. <laughs> so Such a baby. I was only 21 at the time and I was in a place in my life where I was definitely searching for something else. I really recognised that the the world of nine to five was not going to give me the lifestyle that I wanted. I looked at my mum, who I am so grateful for because she has instilled in me the work ethic that I have today. But I looked at her lifestyle as a single parent, you know, juggling three kids on her own, a full-time career as a nurse. And I just knew that I didn't want to follow in her footsteps because I saw her very overworked. I saw her very underpaid and really struggling to meet the demands of work life, but also family life. But I think like a lot of people, especially 11 years ago, I did not see my path as being an entrepreneur. I had no background in business. I had you know, no real confidence at the time in terms of compared to where I am now. And I also didn't have a specific skill that I thought, right, okay, I can tie that to creating a business. So my initial journey into entrepreneurship started within network marketing within the brand that, you know, we're both affiliated with. And that was really where, for me, my journey really began. And what that led me to was a, a huge journey of personal growth and development but also a huge journey of huge transformation and change, you know, huge change physically and, you know, and emotionally through the, not just the wellness programs that, you know, Arbon offers, but also through the personal growth and development that I was doing as a result. So the last 11 years for me have been completely transformational in all aspects, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially, but it's been a journey that I am so grateful for. Yeah, it's been so inspiring to watch. And I think I love what you say about, you know, looking back 11 years ago, you weren't the person you are today. And I think sometimes we can, especially as women, we can get sort of really comparative and we think, well, you know, look at her and I, you know, I can't be like that. But you cannot compare somebody's journeys so much further down the path than yours 
you know, at the very beginning, we all start somewhere. And if I look back to those sort of early days for both of us in business, it was cringe, like proper cringe worthy, just, yep. you know, trying to figure things out and, you know, muddle along. And I think overarchingly, it's just when you have that huge why, which I know you and I both do, that really is the driving force. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, what motivates you? Like, what is your why? Yep. I would say it's really changed over the last 11 years. Like initially for me, the goal was, initially it was if I could earn an extra couple of hundred pounds a month alongside my full-time career, that was the goal. Because back then I was in over 10,000 pounds worth of overdraft debt. I'd maxed out three student overdrafts. I was in a nine to five job that wasn't allowing me to live the sort of lifestyle that I wanted. But also there wasn't enough at the end of the month to not only pay that debt off, but also afford for me to buy my own home. So initially it was an extra source of income. However, when I had my first daughter, that was a turning point for me. And I would say that's when I discovered my first why. I have always been someone that's been very independent, both financially and personally. You know, I've worked from as early as I could. Um, so I knew after having my daughter, I still wanted not just that financial independence, but I wanted my own identity. I wanted to have a career. I wanted to grow. I wanted to strive. So that has been ingrained in me since childhood, you know, that work ethic, but also that, that desire to achieve. And that was where my first why was discovered because I knew that I wanted a way to still have a career, build an incredible income and business, but still have the ability to, you know, be a mum and be really present with my child. So initially that was my why. And it was about six months after properly making the decision to work my online business with Arbonne that I was able to achieve that. And I left my nine to five job. So that was the initial why. And that was great. Um, but I would say my why has evolved over the years from, yes, being able to be a present mum. I've got two children now. You know, my youngest is almost seven. My eldest is 10, which is just insane. So initially that was the why. And I'm so grateful that for four, sorry, eight years, I was completely, solely, fully employed. Arbonne was my one and only income stream and it afforded me a really nice lifestyle. You know, we got to spend the summers abroad and Ibiza. I was able to do all the, you know, nursery drop-offs, pick-ups, school runs. So I was, being, I was able to build this amazing online business, you know, grow in so many ways, but still be able to have that, you know, freedom to be a mum and enjoy all those things that we want to be a part of as new mums. So that was the initial why. However, things changed as life and seasons changed. And I would say then the next season of, my, season of my why was when I became a solo parent. So at the end of 2019, I became a solo parent and had to start over with two kids on my own. And for me, the why was to make sure that I could still afford to provide the sort of lifestyle that I wanted for me, for my kids. Um, and still have that financial independence. And it was no um, coincidence that over that period of those, you know, three months actually after, you know, making that decision to become a solo parent, we actually tripled our business revenue. Um, so I think a why is so, so powerful. And just quickly fast forward to where I am now, the why is very different. I would say my why is so much more than, you know, financial gain. Now it's way, way deeper. And I actually find myself no longer being driven by the money and by the financial revenue figures. For me, my why is really about, you know, transformation 
and myself, but being able to share the tools that I have learned with other people as well and then impact and growth. So I still crave that time and financial freedom, you know, as a mum, but the why is definitely bigger in terms of impact. I love that. And I, you're so right. You you know, when your why it just keeps you focused and crystal clear, it just, it, it helps you to sort of really prioritise what's important. And I know through that really difficult season that you went through when you became a solo parent, you know, it was just so inspiring to watch your grit and resilience and how you were able to then, you know, work really hard, buy a home for you and your girls, furnish the home, do all the things you needed to do and, you know, continue on in your journey. And, I, you know, for me, it's the same. My, my why has changed so much. It's, as you say, less so about the financials and more so about the impact that you can have in the world. And I think it's also, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs recognizing that things are going to change and your journey is going to evolve. And and that's that's part of it. That's the whole, you know, point of it. So just sort of touching on maybe some of the more challenging times for you, just sort of picking up around that period. I know 2019 was a really difficult year for you. Can you maybe share a little bit more with our community around, you know, a time in your life where you really were at an incredibly low point and what you did to pick yourself back up and move forward? Yeah. So I guess to share a bit more around the kind of details of that. So for me, obviously, anyone who's made the decision to become a solo parent, you know, when you've built a life with somebody, when you have children with somebody, you know, you don't go into that with the thought that that's ever going to come to an end. So, you know, that in itself was an incredibly difficult decision. You know, when you think of the impact that's going to have on your children and on your family, that was hard but more than that you know the the father of my kids my ex-partner was also um, involved within my Arbonne business so we had built this life together you know seven years in the making we'd built a brand and a business together you know we built this family life and identity together and there was a lot of fear there was a lot of fear around you know what is life going to look like beyond this but equally what are people going to think what are people going to think about, you know, I guess, if I'm completely honest, a fear that I had because, you know, I have used social media throughout building my business and it was like, are people going to believe that everything that I am is a fraud because I guess we'd created this identity of this, you know, power couple within Arbonne and that was difficult. But what I had to do is really practice non-attachment where, like, I speak about this a lot, like we cannot care what other people think and, you know, our life decisions cannot be moulded by these things. And I knew for me that the environment had become unhealthy for me. It had become unhealthy for my children. And although the, I suppose, path forward seemed really scary, I knew that, like, I had to feel the fear and just do it anyway. And what I would say is really what really served me in that season. So if I was to take you back to the end of 2019 and then when I made the decision to leave the family home and I actually rented a house for a year, this was during a very uncertain season in the world. So this was just as we first entered into our first lockdown, our first global pandemic. So there was so much uncertainty in the world, in my own personal life, in business. And honestly, like... There was a time, I remember a day where I was like, right, okay, like this is a lot to hold. And I knew that in that moment I had two options. And you've maybe heard me speak about this before, Wendy, because I train on this a lot. You know, when life throws you curveballs, 
you've always got two options. You can choose to become a victim of your circumstances and you can wallow in whatever difficult challenges have come your way. And you know what? I, in that moment, thought to myself, I've got every reason right now to be a victim of this because this feels so hard. But I also knew that choosing the other option, which was to look for solutions, find the positives in the situation and find a way to move forward and take action, that whilst in that moment choosing option two was harder than option one, in the long run, that was going to be the easier path. So I am so grateful throughout all of my life, being able to really reflect on my own mindset and choose option number two, which is to look for solutions. How do I move forward? And to really lean into that, because I think every single person goes through their own form of hard and they will always have probably some way more hardships than what I'm describing right now, reasons to become a victim of their circumstances. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that if they choose that victim mindset, regardless of what the hard is, like it only makes it more difficult. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you and I have a very sort of similar backgrounds and upbringings in in terms of being raised by single moms and having sort of seen the struggle and, you know, being through those difficult situations. And this is by no means a comparison for anyone. But I love what you say there about you have the power to choose. And, you know, I've, you know, similar to, to you, that 2020 was a obviously terrible year, not just a global pandemic withstanding, but, you know, losing my dad and everything that ensued with that and, you know, challenges in business with, you know, COVID and, you know, all the things. And like you, it was that, right, what do I lean into here? Do I lean into fear or do I lean into faith and just move forward, you know, trusting my gut, looking for the solutions and, you know, for me, and I know it was the same for you, you know, we both ended up having hugely thriving years in our business as a result. But I know that wasn't the case for a lot of people because unfortunately they chose to lean into the fear and let that take hold of them and, you know, be the victims of the, the circumstances around them. So I just think that's so important to hit home for our listeners that, you know, and this is why personal growth and development, I mean, Rachel's spoken about it already quite a lot. Like, a lot of people are, oh, is that like a bit woo-woo? Like, what is that all about? You know, but really personal growth and development is is minding your mind. It's equipping yourself with tools and strategies to be able to cope when life hits you with hard, you know, curveballs. And I know sometimes people are like, I don't know how you're still standing, you know, of, of the sort of life circumstances and things. And it's like, honestly, it's that resilience that you build and knowing yourself and knowing how you operate so I'm just really keen because, you know, you and I love human psychology and all those things. So just tell me a little bit more about maybe some of the personal development that you've done and what you've recently learned about yourself because you've been on such a journey and with, you know, things yep. like human design and all that. Well, I believe that business, like success in business, so much of it is psychology because what we believe mm. in terms of what goes on between our ears is the difference between somebody who really moves forward and takes action and somebody who gets stuck in the fear. Like minding your mind is everything. And this is where throughout my entrepreneurial journey, I have continued to and will always continue to invest in myself with mentors, with coaches, with people who are further on in different aspects of business. So whether that be in, you know, business mentors, whether it be in experts in marketing, you know, 
whatever it might be, I'm always looking at ways, how can I invest in my mind? How can I invest in myself? And how can I invest in my growth? So I'm a big believer in that. And for me, I would say that's something that has been a continual thing throughout my business journey. Um, And that mindset has served me very, very well. But also in the past couple of years, especially, especially the past year, and I know I've shared this with you, Wendy, I have done a lot of deep work in terms of really understanding my own unique human design, understanding my own strengths, but also my weaknesses. So that when it comes to business, but also life, I can design my life and my business in a way that really works to my strengths and also really understanding, you know, what does work for me? So I'm a manifesting generator. I am an ENFJ protagonist. And for those of you that don't know what that means, it basically means that for me, I need to do work that I know and believe um, has a bigger impact on the world. So I need to do work that's meaningful. Um, I need to do work that's purpose-led, that's mission-led. So when it comes to goal setting, you know, me setting a goal that's purely financial, I will not move for that goal. And I know that because I have tried that. I've done the figures. I've put the stickies on the wall. You know, I've reminded myself every single day of that monetary goal and it's not enough. Every single season of that huge exponential business growth has been attached to meaningful things for me. So I think it's important to understand like what is your unique human design? What's your personality type? So that you know, if you're not good at certain things as well, what can you also outsource? Um, yeah. Is we have to work in our zone of geniuses. But as lastly as well, so for me being a manifesting generator, I know, and I was speaking about this to somebody today, like we hear a lot in business, like niche down, just niche down. And actually as a manifesting generator, that doesn't serve me at all. Because this thought that I need to contain in a box and be a certain way, like that just doesn't work for me where actually as a manifesting generator I am at my best and my energy is energetic when I my my work life and my business life is diverse and this is where for me I know and this was something I experienced coming out of the pandemic you know for years my business like Arbonne was my sole and only thing and at that season of my life that served its purpose because I didn't have the space for anything else so my so much of my mind and my life was consumed raising two young children under the age of, you know, three and five. But when I made that decision, became a solo parent and, you know, I now share my time with my children, but also they're a lot older. I have a lot more creativity and mental capacity. I started to realise the reason feeling unfulfilled in my business was because I needed other ways to really spark that those creative juices and to get my energy in that place where you know it was thriving so yeah no I I totally relate to that you and I are like and I know I know there's a lot people often talk about multi-passionate entrepreneurs and then there's like you know for me you know having ADHD you know I always have to think oh is this an ADHD tangent or is this but actually what you said there about you know where I get my source of energy. I can't just do one thing. It's why a corporate lifestyle didn't suit me because I got bored doing the same thing day after, you know, day after day. I need that variety. And I, you know, that's why I have two different, you know, three actually businesses, you know. Um, But for me, that is what drives me and keeps my energy high. And I think what is so important from everything you shared there is just about getting clear on who you are. Like, what are your values? What's important to you? 
and actually setting your business and lifestyle up to support that because we don't become entrepreneurs to then be a slave to a job and something we don't want to do. We want, you know, we want to have choice and creativity and freedom over our lifestyles. So that is so, so crucial and important. And I just wanted to pick up on something you said there because the outsourcing thing, that's something that you and I are so hot on and so passionate about. And I know people often will say to you and I like, how do you do everything? And I always say, okay, let me tell you the secret. And they're like, lean in almost with like a notepad ready to write all the notes. And I'm like, I don't. (laughs) And they're like, what? And I'm like, I don't. I don't try and do everything because I know what my zone of genius is. My zone of genius is not ironing. Like that was in my marriage contract. (laughs) I don't do the ironing. I know you, you outsource your ironing as well. And do you know what? I'm joking, but it goes so much deeper than that. So just Tell me about some of the things that you in your life outsource. And I know you and I are like system queens. We, yep. you know, it, and and, I, and people often think systems mean restriction and, you know, routine, boring, all that. But honestly, systems create flow in my life. And, you know, I love the quote, you, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And if you have a goal, say it is to get fit and healthy, well, you need to set up the systems that are going to support that goal. Without them, it's just going to be the same old. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of... Share your wisdom. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of outsourcing, but also a huge fan of systems. And what I will see in the early stages of my business, yes, I have always used systems to run my life and business. So, But I would say, especially in the last um, you know, year, I've enhanced those even more. Um, so... I describe it as like your life and operating, your life operating system and your business operating system. So a lot of people will ask me, you know, Rachel, how do you hold so much? So along, I now have a lot of pillars to what I do in terms of my brands and my business. I have a lot of strategic partnerships with other female entrepreneurs. I run a female empowerment community called the Vibe Tribe. Um, I have a lot of different sort of moving parts to my brand and business. And honestly, the reason that I can hold so much is because of these systems. Um, I use project management systems to manage all of my life operating systems. So things like all of the logins for all of my social media accounts, my banking accounts, all of my documentation in terms of like road tax, um, MOT, uh, life insurance, mortgage, all of these documentations I have digitalized and they're in one operating system. So I use a project management system called Quip, which is the one for me that I've found to be the most effective for what I would describe as a tech dummy. Because <laughs> as you know, Wendy, I am not a techie person. Um, and I guess it's really been the last year where I've introduced these systems into my life for all these things. So you'll be amazed at the time that you waste when you forget your password or if somebody says, oh, I need a copy of your passport or some form of documentation, you then have to go and look for it in drawers. And the fact that this is all digitalized in a document and one project management system for me means it's out of my mind and it's on a project management system. So that's also one part, but the outsourcing part is also a big piece. So I adopted this mindset very on in my entrepreneurial journey where I understood that my time was way more valuable and also profitable than what it would cost for me to outsource a specific task, either in my business or in my life that wasn't my zone of genius. So in life, things like, you know, if it takes you four hours to clean your house, can you... 
um, outsource a cleaner, you know, once a fortnight, you can come in and clean the bathrooms and do the toilets. And those four hours you can either use to spend with your family, doing something that you love or work on your business. So it's having that mindset of, yes, there's a cost to these things, but equally, like what is the return in terms of time investment, moving the needle forward, or in terms of time investment for your family and for your loved ones, for the things that are important to you. I know one of the the things that you do is, you know, meal prep and delivery every week, um, Monday to Friday. And that might sound very, very fancy, but Rachel does get a really good deal because she refers them so much to everyone. But I know that that frees up your time, your headspace. It also keeps you energized, healthy, keeps you on track with your health goals. And so that's really what the outsourcing thing is about, is thinking, how can I best save time and how can I use these things to support me and getting a higher output, energy output, especially, especially when it comes to your, and I feel like as entrepreneurs, I, I see some, some entrepreneurs really just not looking after themselves and you are your biggest asset. So if you're not healthy, if you're not sleeping, if you're not well, if you've not got the energy and strength, how are you going to grow a thriving business? Yeah, totally. I actually did a masterclass the other day and I spoke about to a group of ambitious business owners like if you are not right now investing in yourself in terms of like you look after your body, you fuel your body well, then that will be detrimental to your business and to your life. And I know that because I lived that. You know, I hit burnout. I was the entrepreneur who prioritized the business building, everything else. Um, you know, I wasn't filling my own cup. I was being the mum. I was juggling, you know, building this global business. And I thought, you know what, I can just do it. I can just do it. Keep pushing harder, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And I didn't have good habits around my health. I didn't prioritize my health. And what I experienced was burnout. So I knew that after having my second daughter and really experiencing that, that I had to change and I had to make changes. So now for me, my number one priority in my life, and this is going to trigger some people, is me. It's my health. It's my well-being. And I say that because for me to be the best mum that I can be and to pour into those two little girls, it starts with me first. So it's like that saying on a flight, like put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah, 100%. You're so, it's so crucial. And I and I think, you know, I'm I'm not triggered by that because again, that resonates so much with me. But I know when I have said the same thing to people and they're like, what? And I'm like, well, yeah, like if I'm not functioning, what good am I to the world? And and we know this conceptually, but really when that that forms a connection, it's really game changing. Honestly, the more the more I invest in my health, I mean, I I go to gym pretty much every day. I, I remember my daughter once saying to me, Mommy, do you go to gym every day when I'm at school? And I'm like, Yes, yes, I do. And then my mother sort of overheard, she's like, Yeah, it's, you know, it's very good. And and I just think, but honestly, that is one of the things that helps me in my life. And that is a priority. So yes, it does take some juggling and some extra work and I might need to sort of make up time and different points of the day. But ultimately for me, that gives me the mental clarity and the energy. And yeah, it helps me to have a higher energy output. So it's absolutely a priority. I see that as an appointment on my calendar for my yeah. business, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so just to end off um, today's amazing chat, you've shared so much wisdom and gold with the listeners. Oh my goodness, amazing. Is maybe you can sort of share your kind of three top tips 
for living a thriving lifestyle in your life, your health and your business. Yeah. Okay, this is like you'd planned this, Wendy, because actually I've trained on this many times and I speak about this a lot. And these three things, I believe, will serve you not only to thrive in your business, but also in your life. And these three things I have used throughout my life, throughout my business, but also when I have been through very difficult seasons, you know, the season we spoke about there in 2019 and 20, these were the three things that I absolutely lived by. And this is what enabled me to really thrive during that season. So number one is what are you allowing into your mind? So we've touched on mindset already. Your your business and also your, your mindset is won and lost between what goes on between your two ears. So what are you listening to on a daily basis? Like what is your environment like? Who are you surrounding yourself with? How are you fueling your body? Are you investing in your minds? Because that really is the difference. When you look for the solutions, when you come up with the solutions, when you approach everything with that growth mindset, like that changes the game. So mindset is so key. So key. Number one, how are you fueling your mind? Number two is how are you fueling your body? So again, we've touched on this throughout the podcast. If you want to be an ambitious business owner and you want to excel in your business or in your career, but also as a as a woman, as a mum, you know, as a as a wife then it starts with you first. So how are you feeling your body? You know, for me now, in terms of my health, it is such a keystone pillar because I know that for me to be the absolute best in all the different pillars of my life that are important to me, it starts with me filling my cup first. So how are you feeling your body? And then number three is what action are you taking? Because it's all very well doing all the courses, reading all the books, you know, eating healthy, meditating, praying, you know, doing all the things. If you are not taking logistical action every single day to move the needle forward, then there's going to be no change, basically. So, you know, mindset, 100% and action, intentional action. I love that. Operating with intention is always that has been such a thing for me. I think sometimes we can get a bit bogged down with it, you know, having to set goals. But I think if you have the underlying intention with things, that is more powerful. So amazing. I'm yes, I, I I totally asked you that for a reason because I love it when you train on those topics and I love how you share about them. And I just think that is the perfect way to end today's interview. And I just want to thank you so much for being on the Thriving Woman Project podcast. So just a quick one before we go, where can listeners connect with you and find you? So you can find me mostly on Instagram. So Rachel underscore Limitless Living, you can find me there. And um, that is the platform that I would say I am the most active on. Um, and yeah, it's probably the best place to reach out to me. Amazing. And I know that your content is just incredible. People get so much from it, so much inspiration. You give so much value to people. And so definitely I will link to Rachel's uh, Instagram account in the show notes so you can just click and easily follow it. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. We are so blessed to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you've got value from this, please won't you take two seconds to take a screenshot and share a pic of this episode on your socials. Extra points if you'd like to rate and review this podcast on your preferred platform so that we can share the love with more women wanting to thrive in their lives. Do be sure to visit my website, wendygriffith.co.uk to get all my free resources to support you on your thriving journey. Until next time, God bless, take care of yourself 
and keep thriving.